Welcome back to the show. I am so happy to have you join me on this adventure of discovering God's best for us women. Today, I'm sharing something I've been ruminating on for a while, and that is truth versus lies. How do we navigate it? Just not in birth, but really our everyday lives. And the only way we can start talking about lies is if we believe that there is absolute truth. Without truth, there would be no lies. We could all go on just blissfully ignorant in our ways and what the outcome that will get us. I can tell you from a birth perspective that believing lies doesn't get you very far. And very rarely does being blissfully ignorant get you to that holy transformative experience you're looking for. But before we get into the episode, I want to remind you that one of the most important things you can do while preparing for your birth is have a supportive system around you. No matter where you're planning on having your baby, knowing your options, addressing your fears, and inviting Holy Spirit into your decision-making is so important. So if you're looking for someone to walk alongside you in that process and journey, I'm your gal. I'd love to have a free 15-minute consult with you, find out what your next steps are in this journey. So if that's of interest to you, go to calendly.com slash empoweredbirthpodcast slash 1515min to schedule your free consult today. All right, let's get into the show. Welcome to the Empowered Birth Podcast. I'm Allie McLean, registered nurse, home birth doula, and former feminist. My mission is to guide you into the freedom that is God's design for femininity, birth, and motherhood. There's a movement happening of powerful women uniting around finding out God's best for us. You're going to find information here that you won't find in your basic childbirth education class. You'll hear stories of women and birth professionals who are experiencing the redeeming experience that birth can be. You're going to get all the information you need to confidently navigate your way from pregnancy to postpartum and beyond. Are you ready to go on a Holy Spirit-empowered adventure? Then stick around. You're exactly where you should be. All right. Well, I am a little nervous and a little hesitant, I'm not going to lie, about talking about this today. Whenever we talk about lies, it is a very sensitive subject because most of the time, people who are believing lies have no idea that they're believing lies. There's been plenty of times in my life that I believed a lie, and when I found it out, it was super, super hurtful. So I just want to approach this very sensitively (laughs) because the reality is we're probably all believing some lies in some areas of our life. That's just the reality. We don't know everything. If we knew everything, we would be God. And we're not, not even close. (laughs) We are depraved human beings who do not know it all. And as easy as I think that it would make life be knowing it all, that's just not the reality. So some of the lies that I'm going to be talking about today are mostly related around birth, but really this can be in our everyday lives. And some of the ones that I had been thinking about this week, and I I had a really great conversation with my husband about some of these lies are like, 
I don't know if you've ever heard, but oh, just wait until you've been married for a while and you have kids. This love that you guys have, it'll wear off. Or just wait until you've been a Christian for a while. This like Christian high that you're having, it'll die down. Or birth related one, just wait until you're feeling the contractions. Then you'll be begging for an epidural. Just you wait. It's like this lie that says, just you wait because something bad is going to happen, right? We we agree with this doom and this anxiety of something that we can't really control in the future. And it, well, it makes us sound like that we can't control anything in our future. And I mean, there's so many lies. That was just one that I have been thinking about because those are some that I've actually believed in my life. But when it comes to lies, what are we supposed to do with it? And the two things that I was thinking about when I was faced with the truth, some things I had to do was totally reject the lie. And the definition of reject is to refuse to receive or to acknowledge, to decline haughtily (laughs) or harshly, to repudiate. So... We don't just ignore the fact that we were living a lie or believing this lie. We absolutely refuse to receive it, even acknowledge it. But then we also just decline whatever lie we were agreeing with haughtily or harshly. (laughs) And we should not feel bad about speaking very harshly against that lie. Because further on in the episode, I'll talk to you about where lies lead and what that looks like. The next thing that when I was faced with a lies that I had been believing, so first we reject, and then we remind ourselves, what is true? What is the truth? And then dwell on those things. We are able to take our thoughts captive and to dwell on things that are good and that are lovely and that are profitable. And we need to be constantly reminding ourselves of that. Now, something that we really have to think about is what goals do we have in this life? Now, everybody is going to have a little bit different idea when it comes to that. But as a believer, it is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. So we're missing, we were created with this missing God-sized hole and we're constantly trying to fill it with something to satisfy that longing in our hearts. And over the years, I have filled that God-sized hole with many different things. And I've been a Christian since I was very young, but I've been a very religious Christian, right? I've been one where very black and white. This is right. This is wrong. And just very, very judgmental. (laughs) And it's a heavy weight to carry, to carry around. This God-sized hole that I had in my heart, I was constantly filling with information. I thought the more knowledge and understanding I had about something, the more righteous I would be or the closer to God I would be. And while those are good things, it started to become my God, my idol. And that is that turns obviously not good. We should have no other idol besides me, says the Lord. Now, 
birth is a tool to bring life. And birth has been used in my life, but I've seen in so many women's lives as a redeeming part. And it it really is a tool to redeem those areas that you didn't even know were broken. And it's a joy. So what lies have you been believing? For me, birth even, so along with knowledge and understanding, birth became an ultimate thing. It was important, but if I'm holding that up above God, then I'm making it an idol. And so my thoughts were consistently after, and this was after my C-section. So after my first child, I just was craving this control. I wanted to control my life. I had felt so out of control with my first birth experience. I didn't want that to ever happen again. So I was filling myself with knowledge and understanding and just really dove in deep to this birth world. And I really wanted to be in control. I wanted to have so much power so I could never be hurt again. And so I was trusting myself. I was trusting that I had ultimate control over what was happening. And I did many of those things out of fear, right? I mean, I was fearful if I wasn't in control of my birth ever again, if I didn't know everything when it came to birth, then something terrible was going to happen. And again, I want to make this clear. Those are not bad things like knowledge and understanding. Those are good things in Psalm or Proverbs three. It talks about how God created the world from knowledge and understanding. It's truly an amazing, amazing passage. And so those are powerful, powerful things. And so is birth. Birth is really amazing as well. But when that becomes an ultimate thing, that is where we start having a problem. In going back to that verse, it's Proverbs 3.19. It says, the Lord by wisdom founded the earth. By understanding, he established the heavens. By his knowledge, the deeps broke open and the clouds dropped down the dew. So again, knowledge, understanding, and wisdom, they come from the Lord. They are good things. They are good things. But when they were made the ultimate thing, along with birth, along with control, that's when they don't become good anymore. When I put those over the Lord, I made it an idol. I was holding it above God. I was doing it because I was fearful. And perfect love, it casts out all fear. When our eyes are on the Lord, then fear goes away. And it's just amazing when I think about birth. Birth is such a picture of the sacrifice and the love that we receive from our Father. 2 Timothy 1.7, it states, For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. We've been given control over our thoughts and our fears. The Holy Spirit has given us that. We don't have a spirit of fear. We do have power and love and self-control. So we need to be very aware that we are constantly being lied to. I mean, I get lies in my head all the time. And I, I am having to separate what is lie from truth. This is just a daily thing that we have to continue to combat. So what lies are you believing? And are you making decisions out of a place of fear? We're out of a place of a power and sound mind. Some of the lies that 
have heard over the years of supporting women in birth. And even when I was planning for my own birth, some lies that I was really holding on tight to. And I didn't even know that they were lies because there's always a little bit of truth. And I'll get to that in a minute. But first, like how I birth defines my worth. That is a lie. How you birth does not define your worth. You are worthy because you are made by God. He knitted you in your mother's womb. You are precious in the sight of the Lord. What you do, your actions, what happens to you, nothing about that determines your worth in the eyes of your creator. Another one, I'm broken and I need somebody to manage my birth. Well, you're not broken. Women were made to give birth. We were created to have babies. Like he in the beginning knew that birth was going to lead to having babies and filling the earth, right? We're not broken. We don't need anybody to manage our birth. And Another one, I don't know what I'm doing, so I'll leave it to the professionals. This was like a big one for me, you guys. This was a big one for me. Maybe I didn't have all the knowledge at that time to know what I was doing, but thankfully, God created it so my body knew what to do. And now that I know that, I'm able to combat that lie. Another one, birth is just a means to an end, right? Birth is just what you got to do to have a baby. And it's Kind of people who say this is like drudgery, like, oh man, you know, have to give birth and it's not, it's terrible, but you know, I'll have an epidural, so it's totally fine. And as long as I have a baby, it's, it's great. That leads to the other lies, healthy baby, happy mom. That's all that matters. Is it? I don't know. I don't know. The trouble with lies is that there's just enough truth in them to be dangerous. So why are we even tempted to believe lies? How is it that even believers can be believing lies? How does that even happen? James 1, 14 through 15 says, But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it has conceived, give birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. So that is a progression of lie. And it starts within our own desire. Our hearts are deceitful above all things, Jeremiah 17, 9 says. So within our flesh, our own desires are lead to death. <laughs> we cannot trust that our heart knows what's best for us. What is our ultimate desire when it comes to birth? This is a question that I've really had to question. And I think actually different times and different babies, I have had different things that I wanted, different um, desires when it came to birth. I never truly wanted to glorify myself through birth, but I did want to validate a lot of things. I wanted to heal trauma. I wanted to kind of prove to myself, prove at one time I wanted to prove to uh, my former doctor that I could have a baby vaginally after she had lied to me and told me that my pelvis was too small. But remember, if you are a believer, our ultimate goal is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. 
So what happens when we engage or indulge in a lie? Well, Pastor Lyndon Shook, he's at Grace Point Bible, and he had a great sermon on rejecting lies. This is just so brilliant, I think. He goes through six steps in the progression of where lies lead. So as if it's not bad enough that we've been living a lie, right, and not even knowing it sometimes, not saying always, but there's, I feel like there's always kind of a lie that we may be believing and we don't know it and we're running our lives based on that. Or is it just me? I don't know. It could just be me, but that definitely happened in my life many times. (laughs) So let's read Genesis 3, 1 through 13. It says, now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said, you shall not eat of the fruit in the tree that is in the midst of the garden. Neither shall you touch it lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw the tree was good for food and that there it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate. Then the eyes of both were opened and he knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden In the cool of the day, and the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. He said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree which I commanded you not to eat? The man said, the woman whom you gave to be with me. She gave me the fruit of the tree and I ate. Then the Lord God said to the woman, what is this that you have done? The woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. So he goes through six steps. And in verse four, we see that Eve was lied to, right? The serpent said, you will not surely die for God knows that your eyes will be open and you will be like God knowing good and evil. So this is where the story starts. This is the beginning of when she let a lie come in. She dwelled on this lie, right? And the next step we see in verse five, and that is when Satan puts doubt And he's like, is God really good? Did God really know what he was talking about? Did he really know what he was doing when he put this tree here? Why would he say that? Is God really good? And that is the core question that we ask when we doubt. Is God good? Is God good? The next step is uh, desire. So in verse six, we see, When the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to her eyes that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. So this is lust. It's lust after what is forbidden. It is lust after what God says is wrong, right? He he gave a command and because of lust and because of this desire, she disobeyed the Lord. 
And we see that that's the next step. Six shows us she disobeyed the Lord. And so our lust leads to disobedience. And now after they disobeyed, what happens? In verse seven, we see that she is shamed, that both Eve and Adam were ashamed. They realized that they were naked. So they tried to cover themselves. This shame led to step six, which is disguise or cover up the shame. And what they did was they made excuses, right? They played the blame game. I don't know if you've ever played the blame game, but oh my goodness, my five and three-year-old play all the time. Oh, it wasn't me, mom. It was Isla. She she hit me first. (laughs) I mean, we were like born knowing how to play the blame game. And it goes back to the garden. Now, when it comes to birth, I am a very black and white thinker, very black and white. You guys, it's so hard for me to think in grays, but birth, I do not believe after all this time of serving women and after all of my births, it's just not black and white. So I can't say anything is or is not sinful, right? And I'll just use this time to remind you, like, check everything that I'm saying against the word of God. I am a failable human being who could be misinterpreting or taking out of context certain things. So I'm not the authority here. I know I remind you that every time, but it's so important. You should be checking everything that people say against the word of the Lord. Now, I'm not going to say that anything when it comes to birth is sinful or not. This is purely a conviction and a conversation that you need to individually have with the Lord. Now, when I had this conversation with the Lord, I realized that I was believing lies and it was lies that I was believing that led to the outcome that I had with my first Now, I want to walk you through this process. So the same process that I went through, these six steps, the the lie, the doubt, desire, disobedience, distress, and disguise. Now, let's walk through what this process was like for me when I agreed with the lie. So the lie was, step number one, I don't know what I'm doing. I'll just leave it to the birth professionals, right? I fully embrace that lie, fully let go of any responsibility I had for my birth and I gave it to somebody else. So step two was doubt. I doubted, is God's design for birth good? Is he trustworthy? Can I trust him that he knows what my best interest is, that he knows and loves my baby more than I do? Can I trust that he will take care of me better than anybody else? Can I trust that he is good no matter what happens to me or this baby? Lisa, step three, I I started to lust. I I desired, I I just, I'm going to get all the meds. I desired to dull the sensations because I didn't want to work hard. We have the tools, so why work hard? Why would I want to experience this pain and this discomfort when it's not needed, right? Like, why? There's modern medicine. So God obviously gave that to us for good. Now, this is where it gets sticky, right? Because for me, I was taking my eyes off of the Lord and I was putting it on something else. 
Now, I cannot say that every time somebody uses an epidural, they are sinful. I will, I refuse to say that (laughs) because this is an individual conversation, like I said, that you need to have with the Lord. But my disobedience came when I took my eyes off of him and started making a God out of my own comfort, out of my own convenience, out of my fear. But I was holding my comfort above what, like above God's design. And I I was also looking to others to be my savior. I was looking to, for the doctor to be me and my baby savior rather than God being my help comes from the Lord. No, my help was coming from my doctor. That leads to step number five, shame. Oh my goodness. If you could have seen me, I was a basket case. I was a mess. When they told me my baby's heart was crashing, I had to go get a a, uh, C-section, I was sobbing. I was sobbing. It was terrible. And then even worse, when I was told that I couldn't birth the baby vaginally, the amount of shame that came because the way that I designed, I I just felt like, oh, you're a failure because you can't have a baby vaginally. Like, again, that just went back to the lie of how you birth is what you're worth. And that is such a lie. That is so not true. But there was so much shame that came when I didn't birth the way that, you know, I felt like I was designed to birth. It just didn't happen. And I also, I was shameful telling my story. I didn't want to be around anybody sharing their story that how they had a baby vaginally, like could not even be in the same room when anybody was talking about that. I was so shamed. I I was feeling less than, which again, it's a lie in itself. So step six, it led me to disguise, right? And whenever you have trauma, by the way, I want to make it clear that trauma doesn't always happen because you sinned. Like, can I just say that? That's not true. Like there's plenty of trauma that happens and it's totally nothing you ever did or deserved. Oh my goodness, that happens. And it's so terrible. But I I also want to say there are consequences to actions that you make that can be traumatic. So that's what happened to me. I had made decisions that led to consequences because of the actions that I made. And then I was traumatized. And this is just the consequence of me believing a lie that the responsibility of my birth outcome was in the hands of the professionals. And there's the major difference. It was my own fault that I experienced trauma in this one. And again, like if you've experienced trauma, I am not saying please hear me, that it was anything that you have done. But this is something that I've reflected on for the past five years. And I'm very confident that the decisions I made led to the trauma that I experienced. But I was trying to disguise, I was trying to cover up this trauma by making excuses. And it didn't last very long because I quickly figured out where I had gone wrong in the decisions that I had made. I mean, again, I worshiped knowledge and understanding and I researched the crap out of whatever happened to me. And I quickly found the definition of cascade of interventions. And oh my goodness, that's when I learned what a doula was and my life was forever changed. And thank the Lord. I mean, can we just thank him that 
He uses all things for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. I would not be on this podcast today. I guarantee if I never had that experience. So even if, you know, you have believed a lie, which I feel like he just, yeah, he uses it. He uses it. So there's no need to feel shame. Shame does not come from him. Condemnation does not come from him. But you can be convicted and gently told that you have been believing a lie and come out of it. And God will use that for good. It is not hopeless. So it was after going through this process and realizing that the lie that I had believed that we had talked about at the beginning of the show, what I did after this was reject it, right? I, I reject that I don't know what I'm doing. And then I, I'll just leave it to the birth professionals. I am very outspoken about it, right? I refuse to receive or acknowledge it and decline that lie haughtily and harshly, very harshly. I was made to birth babies. I am a woman and women in our feminine, amazing giftings. We were gifted to give birth to babies. And so I do know what I'm doing because the Lord knows what he's doing when he created me, right? So I remind myself what is true. I am fearfully and wonderfully made, Psalm 139, 14. I'm able to take my thoughts captive and submit those to the Lord, which is 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 6. And... 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. All things were made by God through him. Everything was made, including your body. You were able to birth a baby. So I just want to encourage you, don't live your life and make decisions according to lies. So like I said, I've believed many a many a lie throughout my life, and I'm probably still believing some lies. The only thing that will reveal that is if you are brave enough, because <laughs> it's not easy. It hurts to know that you've been believing lie. It hurts. Nobody can tell you. This is the lie that you're believing unless the Holy Spirit reveals it. So ask the Holy Spirit. Ask him to reveal anything that is not from God. And he will. Oh, he will, sister. And he will take you on a journey that is unbelievable. Unbelievable. It's amazing. So if you don't want to walk through this alone, I encourage you not to. It's so much better to do this with a community so much. I am so thankful for the women in my life that I can be so vulnerable with and um, who just encourage me to keep pursuing after the Lord and hearing his voice. And they build me up when I'm feeling down. It's so amazing. So if you don't want to go through this alone, join the Empowered Birth Tribe on Facebook. It's just a great community of women who are going through a very similar journey as you. So click the link in my bio or go to facebook.com slash empowered mamas tribe and be the woman who, who is clothed with strength and dignity and laugh without fear of the future. We're not going to agree with anxiety, right? I mean, 
so much of the fear that comes with birth is we don't know what birth is going to be like. We don't know what it's going to do. It's never really cookie cutter. And so there can be a lot of anxiety that comes up when we birth a baby, but we're not going to agree with that. We're not going to be anxious. We're going to laugh without fear of the future. We are strong and dignified and we are feminine. We're amazing. (laughs) And so Christ's strength is perfected in our weakness. Praise God that he is our strength and our shield. And through exposing lies and hard work, like birthing, we can lean into him and experience the richness that comes with a close relationship. So if you're pregnant, don't miss out on the beauty that comes when you allow birth to be a tool to draw you closer to him. It is amazing. I don't know. I don't know. I can't even like tell you enough how beautiful it is when we lean into the Lord and into his design and his purpose for this hard work, right? Whatever you do, do it unto the Lord. When you are birthing a baby, do it unto the glory of God. It is a beautiful experience. Do not miss out on it. It's something that you will never be able to replace. So it's beautiful. And I know I I say that so much, but (laughs) thank you so much for joining me. And I just know that God is going to be revealing lies this year that um, you didn't even know you were facing. And I know he's doing it in my life and he's doing it in so many others. So it is a journey that we're all going on together. So thanks for joining me and see you next time. Thank you again for joining me on this episode of the Empowered Birth Podcast. I'm so excited to have you a part of the movement. And if you haven't joined our private Facebook tribe yet, go to www.facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash empowered mama's tribe. We would love to have you there and a part of our community. We'll see you next time for another episode of the Empowered Birth Podcast.